podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! Yo, people, welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order podcast. I'm on hosting duties this week. You already know who it is. It's your boy Tapping Tobes. And this week, we're two man deep, and I'm joined by Coach P, aka <laughs> Triple, Tre- Treble Z, aka Dave P. What are you saying, bro? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. I had to take the Don Conte off my tag because I'm not sure where we stand at the moment. So, uh, but no, yeah, it's all good to be here. Um, <clears throat> like you said, uh, a two-pronged attack. Um, let's see how we can chop up um, this week at Spurs, isn't it? Boy, yeah, exactly. We're gonna do. We're gonna do what a lot of people either don't want to do or are struggling to do now, which is actually talk about Spurs because. It can never be a normal week for our club, can it? Never. It can. You, you can. Your happiness is short-lived, and your pain is always extensive, right? And it's it's one of those weeks for Spurs. And it's, truth be told, I'm sort of numb, right? Like our, our fellow um, our fellow podcaster um, Jack, aka um, I can't even remember his NSO tag name. Is it Sting? I can't even yeah, remember. So. Yeah, Sting. So. Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always talking about how, like, he always uses the word apathy or he's apathetic to the situation. And I think he's just, he's just numb to it now, man. But we have to talk about it. And it's been yet another really, really bad week for Spurs, right? Um, And we've had, we went from the joys of beating Man City 1-0 off the back of two straight Premier League wins, two clean sheets. And you're thinking, oh no, and even three clean sheets in all comps. You're thinking, hey. Okay, all of a sudden, there's still something to play for. Maybe the form might be turning around and then bang. Bang. Like with a bang. Back down to <laughs> earth in true Spurs fashion. Didn't have to wait two weeks. Didn't have to even wait 10 days. We were back down to earth with a bang. It was incredible to see how the mood can change. And if anyone listening is active on Twitter, um, you will know that if you're part of the Spurs Twitter, as they affectionately call us, um, it has been day after day after day after day of debate. Um, it's got to be a little toxic, if we're completely honest, around the club. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Levy out, Levy in, Enoch out, Enoch in. Um, and the performances don't help, you know, because you're turning up at three o'clock on a Saturday and, and you, at least you'd hope to see some good performances, even if we lose, do you know what I mean? But we're not even playing well and losing. We're just let's get out of the whimper. Yeah, man, it's 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 really it's really depressing, man. It really is, and I guess um, we're gonna obviously touch on the real the, the, the ugliest part of our week, which are the, the two defeats, right? Because um, we played what looked like not an easy game because there is no such thing as an easy game in the Premier League these days. But 
you would think it's one of the safer bets for three points. When you looked at the team we were playing, when you look at the weapons we had up top versus the team that we were playing defensively, you thought, yeah, Spurs are very inconsistent, but maybe they can nick a win here. Like, they can nick a win here. And we go and get hammered 4-1 by Leicester. Mm. 4-1 by Leicester. We get hammered 4-1 by Leicester. To put it into perspective, um, Leicester have lost 12 Premier League matches this season, right? They have lost 12 Premier League matches this season. That is the joint second most number of defeats by any Premier League side at this stage of the season. Leicester have also conceded 38 goals in all competition, well, I say all competition, in all Premier League fixtures this season. And they were able to keep Spurs at bay in open play because we didn't score from open play. We scored from a set piece. They were oh, able yeah. to keep Spurs at bay in open play and they were able to put four goals past our defence. And in all honesty, it should have been five, man. Um, Dave, talk to me, man, because what was going through your head when you saw... One goal go in, then the second goal go in, then the third goal go in, man. Talk to me. Apathy. <laughs> you said it already. <clears throat> I think the, the issue is games against Leicester always a shootout. We've got 6 3, <clears throat> we've got, um, yeah, we've got the 6 3, we've got a 5 4 a couple of years ago. <clears throat> obviously, um, I think last when Bale, um, did we play them in the last game of the season? When, when Bale... Yeah, we won it 4-2. Yeah, 4-2. So there's always goals in that game. And we know Harry Kane, I think that's the team he scored the most goals against. So if you are a betting man, you put money down, <clears throat> you know, shots on target, goals, all that, that kind of stuff for Harry Kane. Um, but we just didn't turn up. And, and you know, it's the reason why those games are always shootouts is because it's all about momentum. <clears throat> okay? And... It's just one of them freak games where if one team gets two goals up, they're likely to get that third. And so they can put you away really quickly. Both teams are quite open. Both teams are susceptible to the counter. Um, but it literally came down to their forward players were able to make their combination stick much better than we did. <clears throat> so you look at Madison, Iniacho, uh, Barnes, um, who else do they have? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> just making it work. And it, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't mind-blowing stuff. Now they had scored 10, you know, now with, with these four, they've scored 10 goals in four games. So they are, they have got their shooting boots. And if you give them time and space, we know that they can punish you <clears throat> or at least hurt you. They can, they can lay a punch on you. Then they're, they're not impotent. And actually, if you see them in the lower half of the table, you're probably surprised based on the quality that they do have in their team, the likes of uh, Madison, Barnes, and the, and the players I mentioned. So it is a surprise to see that they've been doing that badly this season. However, you know, what do you need when you're playing badly? A visit to Dr. Tottenham, <clears throat> or visit from Dr. Tottenham. You know, so we turned up with our full Medi bag, full of incompetency and, you know, error-prone defending. Um, <clears throat> still don't have centre-backs who know how to engage your players, we're giving players too much time on the edge of the box. We had a championship level goalkeeper, you know, and, and and for me, it's the IQ side of things. If you're in a position where you've got, uh, it's not a rookie keeper, but, you know, keeper just coming in, 
You want to give him some confidence. You've just had three clean sheets. That is the game of the defender that you think, <clears throat> by hook or crook, we're having a good one today. We're putting our best tackles in our, you know, we're showing this guy behind us that we've got his back. <clears throat> he's got, you know, he's going to be playing for the next 10 games or whatever. He can trust us. We can trust him. Let's put him in the best position. If they're going to score, they're going to score, you know, um, four or five worldies in order to to to, to breach this defence. But we didn't even make it hard for them. <clears throat> it, you know, they were running through us like, you know, bad food. And for me, it was just, it was shocking. You know, when I, I think I missed, I missed Ben Tucker's, uh goal. I think I missed their equaliser and then I saw the other three. But just even just in open play, anytime they wanted to, it was like one of those, you know, FIFA games where you're like, yeah, I got this. Like whenever I want to, I can score. Hundred. And and some of those, you know, just sloppy. I remember when Sanchez came on, and um, just one simple pass, and he turns and just slips. You know, I know I call him Disco Dave, but you know he's he's putting in new moves every season, and it makes you think to yourself. You know, again, it, it sucks the life out of of. Of, of the club, of, of the fan base, when you go from beating Man City, and I know we had this last year, Man, we beat Man City, then we lost to Burnley. Mm. But wasn't that on three days rest? We didn't, that was a midweek game, wasn't it, the Burnley game? Yeah, it was on the uh, Wednesday game, yeah. Yeah, midweek, away at Burnley, it's never easy as it is. Um, this is, you've had like a full week, everyone's riding high. You know, I think we had our full um, complement of players, for the first time in ages. Um, obviously, that's now changed with the injury to Benton Kerr and others. Um, yeah. it, it was just, it was the horror show. It was a real horror show. Um, but sadly, we're used to it. Sadly, we've got to a point where we almost, when it happens, we go, yeah, it spurs. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's so annoying that you can't put any faith in this team. You cannot put any faith in this team to see out a run of four to five to six games to get some momentum, to put some pressure on the top four and see what we can do in terms of establishing ourselves ahead of next season. Yeah, I think it's 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 really like, it's really crazy how this flip, this script can just be flipped for Spurs. And, and, I, <laughs> and I mean that in a, in a negative way, because these points you were mentioning about Spurs, this is what we were praising the team for towards the back in the last year. They actually looked defensively sound. Yeah. They actually were able to, to pull together a consistent run of form. They were able to score goals. They were able to be dogged defensively. And even this season, even with the, the, the absence of fluent um, and, um, eye-catching performances, they were at least defensively sound. Like, yeah, we were conceding a lot of shots at our goal, but in terms of the actual quality of chance we were gifting the opposition, they were they were sort of stumbling along, but they were still managing to sort of keep opponents at bay and giving them low XG chances, right? Now, it's like some of the players that weren't good enough but were playing out of their skin have reverted back to type. The players that are good enough aren't playing well enough and are making the rest of the team look bad. The manager is doing the same thing week in, week out, no matter who we're playing, and is just completely stifling the life out of our team. And some players who could have been utilised are underutilised. And when they're thrown into the team, you can't really see any sort of any sort of 
um, joined up thinking in terms of in terms of what the players want to do because you've got one man who's who's been out of the cold and he's just throwing in okay come do a job this week do a job this next week do a job this week after that and it's just like it's just a complete mess and yeah and I I said this two on. weeks ago I said <clears throat> two weeks ago I think well when last one was on the pod I said the gap between one to eleven is way too big and it's so big in terms of the quality between our best player on our, in our starting 11, even our best 11, unfortunately, still includes a dire or whatever, okay? Yeah, yeah. So the gap from 1 to 11 is massive. Let alone when we have injuries, suspensions, it's even bigger. Yeah. Those are the games that you need your better players to play out of their skin. And when they don't, you're then relying on mediocrity to see from 19 to Premier League football. This is not one of those walk-in leagues where you can get by on being average, you know. And like I said, you don't expect to see less than the bottom half. You don't expect to see Leicester struggling and having 12 losses out of 20 or whatever it is. You don't expect that. So they're obviously a talented team. We all know they're talented. We know that they can mm-hmm. give you know, anyone their run, giving them a run for their money. So you've got to respect them. You've got to play play well. Um, and and it didn't look like anyone was bothered to do that. Do you know what I mean? And and like I said, it's it's so frustrating because then the manager doesn't help because his substitutions are non-existent, if not baffling. And like you said, you've got players coming in from the cold. You've got a sixty million pounds striker who, in the World Cup, was playing striker and scoring goals, and you're putting him way out right. wherever. Right wing, just... right wing back in the 10, in the this. He's never played his position. Now, everyone would say, yeah, you're not going to take off Kane, are you? But actually, if he's having a stinker and I need someone just to get him behind with a bit of pace, I might actually take off Kane. Do you know what I mean? Or am I putting him in, the, or putting Kane in the 10? Or am I playing a, a front two, taking off Son? Whatever it is. Do something different, but not different in the sense of just for the sake of it, but something that actually looks like it has the intention. I think 100%. he made three subs and two of them were um, defenders. And it's like, he's treating it like it's pre-season, <laughs> you know, where, you know, oh, I just need to make sure people get minutes in their legs and whatever case may be. This is this is February. We need to be making sure we're picking up these points. Mainly, also, we're not adrift. We're only, what, two points behind Newcastle yep. now or whatever. We're yeah. not adrift, um, and we didn't know that at the time because obviously they hadn't played it. They played five thirty Saturday. We had the chance of going to the top four. You go into the top four, and then you look, you know, and then you know you say to, um, uh, you say to Newcastle, go on then, get those three points. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you put pressure on those kind of teams around in and around the top four and the top six to win their games. So that's what's the, the most depressing thing that there was an opportunity there. Opportunity yeah. go away from home, even if you just got one point, keep some momentum. You know, it's not even necessarily it had to be a clean sheet or whatever, but you get away with a point. Um, and then we come back, we've got what two home games in a row. Then you're looking at, you know, could we have maybe snuffled seven from three, nine from three, you know, whatever it may be, and you're you're already ahead of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But this team seems to have lost their calculator, <laughs> in terms yeah, of that, bro, man. It, you know, it, qualify. Yeah, 100. And and I think one thing you mentioned there is opportunity. Obviously, at the time, they didn't know it, but like 
what kind of mentality is that, right? You should be going to that game saying, irrespective of what's happening at Newcastle, etc., yeah. etc. Et we need to be winning this game. We've won two Premier League games on the spin. We need to build up and get a third. We haven't done that in 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 months. We need to start putting wins on the board and actually start getting ourselves right up amongst it when it comes to dislodging Newcastle and Man United from from the third and, and fourth spots. Right? Opportunism was. Um, being opportunistic was what got Spurs into the top four last season. Yeah, exactly. sniffing blood. Yeah, and and not caring, not caring about whether Arsenal win or lose this week. You do your job. You yeah, do yeah. your job, and you make them say, "Shit, these guys are on our necks. Yeah, yeah. We need yeah, to yeah. be on job." Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's 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 primarily the same bunch of players, if not supposedly players who are better. Better. It's a better squad. But, but then you look at it and say, even if it wasn't, you've got three, four, five men that have been here for years that have done this time and time again. Even under Poch, they've gone like top four, and we make a night late push, or we, we, you know, we have a good remember, you know, have a good December, January, you know, one of eight to ten games where we're not losing, maybe we don't win every game, but you know, they've done it before, and I think that's where you're looking and going, where's the leaders? Where's you know, obviously, I think what was Kane captain at the weekend? He was. I, mean, I know. He was in a AC game. Terrible performance for a captain. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You look at you go, come on, bruv. Like, yes, you've got your record. You ain't LeBron James. You can't take two games off now. Do you know what I mean? We need you in the trenches because the season are done. So get in the trenches. Let's, you know, put out your bootstraps and we need to go again because we can't let these opportunities. Week after week, there's opportunities to get into that top four to put pressure on these teams, who I do not think yet. We haven't seen it. Let's see how the season pans out. I don't see Newcastle having the collective experience, apart from the likes of maybe a Trippier, uh, maybe Bruno G, who's I think he's injured at the moment. Um, maybe one or two here and there who have maybe been and around big clubs at big moments of seasons, winning, whether it be winning leagues, being in Champions League, whatever the case may be. Those are the type of players that we do actually have in our team. So quality level or not, you've got the experience of learning how to track down teams, how to, to get these results, and we're not seeing any of that. And we, we, the worst thing about it is we're seeing the complete opposite, which looks like, oh, I don't care, we'll come back next week, see how we get on. Hundred percent, man, and I, I think I think the criticism c- can be l- applied to our our second loss in the last week, which is AC Milan. And when we're talking about opportunity, I mean Champions League. This is what you worked so hard for to get last season. Yeah, you didn't have a good group stage, but you made it through to the knockout stages, right? Yeah. You have an opportunity to go into the last eight of the premier European competition, right? The greatest club competition um, in world football, right? Tournaments, should I say, whatever. Um, And not only that, you're playing up against a woefully out of form AC Milan side. Now, taken away from the fact that Spurs have themselves been inconsistent, think of what you are playing up against and you would think that this should give the team some optimism that this is not the same beast that won the Serie A um, just only, what, like nine or ten months ago, right? This is not that mach- that defensively resolute machine that you saw towards the back end of 
last season. This is an AC Milan side who have been out of sorts since um, since returning from the World Cup, right? Prior to the Spurs game, they had only won their first Serie A match in around what? Or their first match in all competitions in around eight. Mm. They've been slapped up silly by Lazio, slapped up silly by Inter. Sassuolo, who had who were winless for, for, for ages, came to their ground and absolutely scored them. Right? So this is a team that are playing so badly that they even had to revert to a back three just to stop the bleeding. Mm. So you would think using the buzzword opportunity, that's got to be the, the, the name for this pod. You would think with Kane, with Son, with Kulisevsky, with Richarlison, with Dan Juma, with five attacking options at your disposal, all of which would probably start at AC Milan. In fact, definitely would start at AC Milan, with exception of Liao spot, right? They would all start at AC Milan. They would yeah. all moonwalk into AC Milan's team. On top of that, Benesir injured. On top of that, Tomori injured, right? Their best midfielder alongside Tonali, out. Their best centre-back, out. And we go there, and not only do we lose, when you look at the performance in the final third, embarrassing yet again. And this performance... And what's, what's funny is, as well, we ain't, we ain't even spoken about the injuries Spurs have had. They, they're unfortunate injuries, right? Benton core out for the season is, a, is in fact, Massive. eight months is a humongous blow. Lloris out for six to eight weeks, as crazy as he's been this season, it's a blow. Basuma out for two, three months, it's a blow. And then on top of Hoybier being suspended, I get it. You have two, essentially, rookies playing in midfield, but they did their bit. The Listen. two guys that were under the most scrutiny, scrutiny. They, they did their bit. They were the two best players in the night. And, and this is when this is when I <clears throat> understand where Brother Yao, uh, Uncle Yao, is coming from. Um, in the sense of, you look at Kane and you go, right, bruv, your midfield has done their job. They've given, they've got you fifty three percent possession. They've got you eleven shots as a as a front three, right? They cross the team. Where, where's the goal? <clears throat> and that goalkeeper, that AC Milan had in goal, is horrific. He is horrific. But he is like, yeah, he is... <laughs> I've never seen a top club in the Champions League have a keeper like that until I watched us with Fraser. But anyway, um, he's, yeah, he's not good at all. And we, we made his day easy. But like, you know, you take a couple of shots on target... Bit of catching practice, <clears throat> no one putting him under any sort of pressure, no sustained attacks or whatever. Just a quick mention on our midfield. Um, I think you know, Oliver Skip. Obviously, we've seen him play well for us. We've seen him um try to bounce back from injuries. This may be an opportunity for him to to do that. <clears throat> I think he suffered a bit for not having a run in the in the team because of those injuries. Um, but Pape San. Saw right, man. I remember when we signed him, and I was just like, "Yo, this guy's profile could be very, very exciting for us in the in the Premier League." And obviously, he was on loan last year. I actually ended up watching quite a few of his um games for Mets. Was it? Um, yeah. Just to keep track of how he's progressing. I don't. <clears throat> I'm not usually one to to watch that, but you know, I just, I love watching good midfielders. And I and I, you know, for me, midfield was somewhere that we have to feel that like we we um we struggled as it is. Boy, 
seeing that kid play, I think he, you know, he's come on a few times. He's got high praise from Conte when he came on for the Crystal Palace game, I think. You can see he's got the, the agility to play in the midfield and he's got the ability, I believe, to play in the midfield. Okay. Where you may have a, a, a concern about his physicality because he is a very, very slight, he's got that Kevin Durant type frame um, and you think he might get bullied a little bit by more experienced players. He knows how to use his body well to shield the ball. Um, he is shifty. You know, he can move the ball from both feet and pass off both feet. He's got the profile of the modern midfielder, you know, <clears throat> and especially in the system that we play. So he's done his bit, you know, and I'm excited to see more of him. And I think that was the one positive, and I think I tweeted about it. I think mm -hmm. it was only I tweeted about regarding the game. I was like, Pape Sar, that's, that's the one thing you can take from that game. But if you've got a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old doing well in the midfield and, and you know, Skip was doing his usual hustle and bustle, winning winning the ball back, making inceptions, you know, driving with the ball, trying to pass forward. What I love about both of them, they both look for a forward pass. They're not just recycling like, you know, other players in the squad. When you have, when that your midfield is giving you that base, I'm looking at Son, I'm looking at Kula, I'm looking at Kane, I'm going... Right, now lead us into a, a, an equaliser. Lead mm -hmm. us into a 2-1, right? If we came back from that, and, and that's, you know, the tie's not over, it's halfway. You know, a lot of the commentators were saying, yeah, I think Spurs will probably sneak it at home. But that's idealistic. You need to put the ball in the back of the net to mm -hmm. give yourself an even better a chance. You know, what you can't do is allow yourself to go, you know, go 2 no up next they get one goal, goes on an extra time. I don't know how it works now because I think the away goals have been scrapped. Um, you don't need a long game, but you've now, like, you know, you now know that next week you have to not only score, but also defend even better. Do you know what I mean? Because just one goal for them, and it immediately puts even more pressure on your strikers who are misfiring. You only got one goal against Leicester, you know, and not even so into what's the other, the new kid that they got? Um, the guy who scored those two own goals against Liverpool, or whatever, you know. Oh, so, um, Suter, no, um, fires, fires. He was yeah. really good against Spurs. <clears throat> but what did we get in the game? Yeah, we, you know, and oh, I saw um, a lot of Leicester kind of fan blogs on Twitter talking about so and so locked up Kane and you know executed the game plan. AC Milan had the same thing, you know. We know if we stop Kane, and I think this is the problem that we're finding with Conte, especially this second season. A lot of the players become so predictable. There's no risk involved. No one wants to take any risks. No one wants to, you know, make any line-breaking passes or whatever. Um, it's all very formulaic, which can work to a certain extent, but it does inhibit any sense of freedom that the likes of even like a son would would benefit from, you know. Um, and I'm not here to to you know um, to to start ripping up every single player because we'd be here on here all night because they're all playing badly, you know, but it seems to be like collectively there's been such a regression and there is no one amongst them who's, who's mentally strong enough to say, right, here we go. Do you know I mean? Yeah. You may get it for 15 minutes. You may get it for the second half of the game away at Brentford 2-2 or whatever it was, <clears throat> you know, away at Leeds or, you know, those kind of games. No, we need we need these ninety minute performances to start coming in, because we do not have time to say, oh well, we'll see what happens after the World Cup. That's already been and gone. The Christmas run is gone. You have a little bump around Easter, 
before we know it, it'll be it'll be March, you know, end of March, early April. You want to be sitting pretty, you want to be sitting in a good good position when we get there, so that when Newcastle have to play, let's say Man United on a Thursday night in April, and that's now a six-pointer because we won on the Tuesday night or whatever. This is the type of momentum, but it starts from now. And obviously, Champions League, we'll see what happens. You know, have a good run, get some confidence, score some goals, um, and and let's see what happens. I think with um with, with, with Spurs, man, you're right. There is there is definitely a collective regression. Spurs have gone backwards, right? And you're always talking about like like Yao. You're right. He talks about leaders standing up, standing up to be counted, and I love Harry Kane, and I think he's done that for the most part at Spurs. But he does have these moments where he sort of sinks to the team's level. Big man, you are a world-class player for a reason. You need to rise. It was yeah. an easy game for Suter. It was an easy game for Fires. It was an easy game for Simon Kea, right? These are yeah. the centre-backs that you will put in a blender. No hesitation. I compare Harry Kane's performance last season at Leicester to this season. It's night and yeah. day. He, Gave yeah. them nightmares. Yeah. He gave and he them does. nightmares. And, he usually does. And I, and I think the, the thing is, you're right. If we can, there's so many players I can criticize. I mean, Romero, Romero, even though you got sent off against Manchester City, I actually thought he played well against City. And then, bang, you, your first game back since that game. You cost, you cost us for the first goal and you go and then put in a really poor performance. And that's not the first or second or third time we've come out of that game saying Romero's been poor here, right? You need to pattern up, right? Um, the This Perisic conundrum is, is it's now getting to a point where um, it is a, it is a, it's a glaring detriment to the team, right? Um I've stuck up for Perisic when I can, and I felt like he's had his uses this season. It's a free transfer, so I'm not going to look at it as a disastrous signing. But the way this guy has played since that 2-2 Brentford game, right, is actually scary. And I don't mean just scary defensively, because I think despite your, like, you, I don't blame him for getting ripped by Riyad Mahrez, right? It's Mahrez. You're not really a defender. It's Mahrez. I've seen Mahrez do that to, to top defenders, Right. My thing is, what is the point in playing you? That's that, that that's what I'm asking myself now because we're using wing backs. You're meant to be a wing back, right? I don't see anything from Perisic on the ball in open play nowadays. I don't really see anything when he's hanging out wide and gets the and receives the ball. I don't see any quality, right? Um, and I feel like his position in our team, we already know of the impact it has on someone like Sun, for instance. So we're basically essentially sacrificing a player who's woefully out of form in Sun and basically asking him to, to play a position and role that he we know that he's going to fail in for the sake of using Perisic to stretch the game on the left-hand side for Spurs. It is wasted effort if Perisic ultimately gets the ball and does nothing with it. Mm. And and and, yeah. and it's actually it's it's actually killing me now. Kulisevsky, bro. Big love for Kulu, but bro, the, the performances since this guy's come back from his injury is poor. It's poor yeah. performances. And and we'll move on to, because I want to move on to, to the manager, right? Because the manager is meant to sort of mask your players' limitations and, 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 they, and basically play to their strengths. And I feel like, again, 
I'm saying it again. He has not managed this team well enough. It's it's actually so poor how he's managed this team, right? Um, we look at, forget, we've spoken about how the players are out of form now, but when you look at the performances, you made one point, Dave, about the Milan game. Yeah, It's all good and well saying Spurs will beat Milan at home. Yeah, on paper, we should beat Milan. Yeah, most teams normally most teams normally play the the opposition at their ground and will will we'll, we'll turn it around. You expect that with the players that we have versus the defense that they have. But you've made one salient point: you have to score. And when you're looking at Spurs, the last um, outside of that Man City game, the last three Premier League matches we played, we have barely looked like scoring against Leicester. Zero point two three xg, open play xg. Right against AC Milan, this is a team that have conceded. I keep saying 13 goals in the last five games they conceded, and Spurs could not even create even one clear cut chance against this team. Yeah, yeah. And you're just asking, I'm just asking myself, like Conte as a manager, how can you not do anything about this? What was the point in signing Richarlison for 60 million? What was the point in signing Dan Juma a couple of days before the window? Why did we steal him from Everton? just to play him, just to play him for five minutes. When you need a goal and your A grade, your A team ain't working, isn't this why we brought these players into the squad? Isn't this the very reason why you went out and you spent 60 million on a guy in Richardson who was starting for another Premier League club? Dan Juma and Richardson will start for most Premier League clubs and yet we'll have, we're resorting to having to seeing them come on for five to, last five, ten minutes of a game, being played in positions that don't really suit them. And then my, and I'll let you, I'll bring you in on this one as well. My final point, on top of the mismanagement of, of pretty much of so many players in our squad, why is this guy so reluctant to have more than three attackers on the pitch at once? I don't understand it. Less than you're chasing the game 3-1, it takes you until the 70th minute to, to switch to a 4-4-2 or 4-4-2-3-1. AC Milan, you're chasing the game. Yeah, who's to say? Who's to say that you're going to win it at home? Why can't you go there and, and score a goal to equalize? Yeah, why can't you take advantage of the fact that they've missed? They didn't even have that good a performance, and they've missed two big chances to to basically extend their lead. Can you not then sense blood and say, "Hey, you know what? If I add in this extra player, we've got fifty two, we've got fifty three percent possession, we've got the ball in their half, but we just need one player to spark our front three. Oh, maybe I need to take up on and bring on Dan Juma and Richarlison. Play Richarlison up top. He doesn't do any of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've run out of excuses for Conte. I really have. Like, there was no more excuses for Antonio Conte. You hit the nail on the head with the, oh, oh no, start of the season, we've got injuries. Okay, when the players come back, Oh, it's gonna get better. Oh no, players um, are fatigued because it's fixture build build up. So yeah, after yeah, the World yeah. Cup, it's gonna get better. Oh no, wait, no, we've got a favorable run of games. Okay, no, it's gonna get better. Well, now it is not got better, and we're in February now, and we still have shit to play for, and yet we're still seeing the same bullshit. It's it's ridiculous, and and <laughs> so much what you said, we can unpack it all. You know, it's it's for me, what frustrates me is. You know, I think with the way our team and our squad is set up, attack is the best form of defense. Now, I'm not saying you go gung ho, okay? But when you are one nil down away from home in the Champions League against a struggling side, 
okay, who are giving you possession. You're not, it's not backs to the wall thing. They're not peppering us. Okay, they only had one more shot on target than we did. And two of those, they had four in total. Two of those were like clear cut, <clears throat> obviously from our mistakes. To not put an attacker on, to keep the same lineup that has struggled in the game so far, actually invites the pressure onto a team that you have repeatedly seen buckle under pressure. Not just this season, but for 18 months. Okay, yes, we've had some good run of games, blah, blah, blah. And, and again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about respecting and, and, and showing some sort of um, impetus that would give your goalkeeper, who's come in for his first Champions League game in eight, ten years or whatever, since he was at Celtic, mm. he said to him, you know what? I want to help you out. So I'm going to try to get the ball higher up the pitch, further away from the goal. They're going to have to work bloody hard to defend, win the ball back, counter on us, right? To get And, and this is what you're being paid £15 million to do. Yes, you know, everyone always says, oh, you know, you guys are like football manager. You just think you can swap a few things and you win the game. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you are paid £15 million to win games. You are not paid to give me, oh, my midfielder had a good game, but we lost 1-0. That's not what you're getting paid £15 million. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And all due respect, yes, we are not the biggest and the best club in the world, but we are not a Watford. We're not a... um you know, a, a Reading or, or or teams lower down in the English football where you think, as long as we do a good job, it's fine. No, we need to be winning these games. 100%. Okay. And I, I them, you know, Dan Juma, there's this comment here about Dan Juma. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of what I've seen so far. I was in, you know, one of my group chats. When Dan Juma came on, they were like, oh, not a fan of him. You know, I don't, don't, don't like what I've seen. I was like, he's not even touched the ball. What have you seen? Yeah. What have he you seen? Did, he did not touch the ball. He came on at what, 82nd minute, whatever it was. Yeah. He didn't touch the ball till extra time. Okay. Now that speaks to our lack of, um, you know, ability to get the ball to him. There's a few times Ben Davies should have given him the ball. But as we always see with Ben Davies, he takes the less um, obvious chance or he makes a less obvious decision or he goes he for a shot. Or he takes too long. Yeah, that and that shot he took, like I think everyone in the ground was like, bruv, you are not him. But anyway, the opportunity was there. Play Dan Jumarin, doesn't get the ball. The first time he got the ball, he beat his man and fizzed the ball into Kane. All of a sudden we got a bit of link up, a bit of momentum in the forward areas. The move breaks down a couple of passes later, but that's what we know he can do, and that's what he can do. And Champions League is made for him. That's where he's made his name. Yes, you may not bring him on at Leicester. You may think, oh, we're getting adjusted to the league. You're playing against, you know, you know, bums. <laughs> you know, there was AC Milan, they're there for the taking. Go for it. Put him on. Someone who can, who's not afraid to shoot off both feet, who's not afraid to, to twist up a man. A bit of excitement, a bit of risk, a bit of, you know, like a cavalier approach, which I know is not in his nature. But like I said, you are being paid fifteen million pounds. We need to see something different because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. And at the moment, we're all preach, in crazy preach. town. Preach, man! And um, I think with Conte as well, obviously the news broke out um, earlier today or yesterday uh, about how when he went for his checkup in Italy um, following his operation. Um, mm. 
he's not recovering as 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 well as they would have, they had hoped, and they've advised him to sort of take a step back from his duties, right? And yeah. Listen, health is wealth, man. First and foremost, irrespective of the criticism we have on the job he's done as a manager at Spurs this season, we all want to see him well, right? Yeah, so definitely. whatever definitely. whatever he needs to do to make sure that he's feeling one hundred percent, he should go and do that. Hundred, he should he should go and do that. He shouldn't really stress too much about Spurs, right? He has to take this time out and heal properly, right? Mm. But it's 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 one of the ones where we've seen so many managers talk about the stress it takes, it puts on them to be mm-hmm. manager, especially at the top in the league. Um, Pep notoriously only went for three years, four years at a time, had to take sabbaticals. Klopp has talked about taking sabbaticals. Um, other managers, even not as as you know as top quality and high level as, <clears throat> as those, even a, a Redknapp or a Warnock or whatever, you know, it's a high pressure job to be a manager of a football club, especially in the Premier League. Especially a football club that has ambitions, a football club which is in a transition period, extended though it may be. Um, and he needs to be realistic about what he can give because he's always talked about the fact that he will always give 110%. Brother, we saw you on the sideline. You were not giving 110%. Bro. Compare and contrast that to, I mean, the last game I went to at the lane, um, Aston Villa, and even though we lost 2-0, he's excitable, he's doing this, he's, he's, he's you know, sparking out instructions. Sometimes I feel like it's too many instructions for some of our mm. players to compute, but anyway, that's a different uh, different point. But he was not doing any of that, okay? And what he has to realise is this kind of stuff will seep down to a struggling team, right? They may need to get going from the sideline, to get them through that rough 10 minutes. You know, maybe maybe confidence was at an all-time high coming out of um uh coming out of the dressing room. And then we concede in the first 10 minutes against AC Milan. That's when you need an excitable, that's when you need someone to be pulling uh pulling you up and, and, and saying, right, here we go, guys, this is what we need. Let's keep pushing. Especially in a game which you're edging on certain metrics. You know, you are getting, you know. The ball in their half, you are, you know, your midfield's doing well, and you got nothing from the sideline. So it's it's eleven against twelve, it's eleven against mm. thirteen, it's eleven against fourteen. Because they've got the crowd, they've got their manager, they've got you know a sub, you know, they, they've got the energy from the whole cauldron of the San Siro to to push them to get that win. So for me, it was it's, it's disappointing to see, and, and we only now hope that yes, he does take as much time as he needs. Let's see if there's. Um, a change of approach maybe slightly. I feel like um, Stellini, you know, in the time that he had been on the sidelines, yes, he had a different approach. There was still the same foundation, but will we see more risk? Will we see maybe players feeling a bit freer? Uh, it, it bears, we, we'll see. Now, man, you make man I don't buy it, man. You know, people are doing the most in the Stellini, oh, Stellini ball, right, mate? Bruv, they are disciples of Conte. They are they are Conte's assistants for a reason. They're going to stick to Conte's principles, right? Yeah. They're going but, to... what, but the thing is, they will stick to it, but the players react differently to certain people. I, I personally think for some of our lessons, and this is what I noticed at Aston Villa, I remember saying, talking to the tops about this, the likes of a Ben Davies, the likes of a, obviously Matt Doherty is no longer with us um, at the club, but those kind of players who maybe are struggling for form or whatever, or maybe just not in a good good kind of place. I do feel like Conte's 
constant barking puts a lot of pressure on them and I think they crumble um, and they do dilly-dally they don't make the right pass they miss certain runs their head's not, they're not playing with their head up that kind of thing um, and I think maybe with a change of voice and change of approach yes the system is the same there may be a little bit less internal pressure which then maybe helps these players play a little better however for me and this you know we had the same conversation with Deli Ali okay when he was still at the club mm. if you need after being paid x amount to play football which is every you know it's, it's, it's a dream of so many kids around the world to play football at any level but let alone the premier league if you need to have extrinsic motivation to get the job done on a saturday at three o'clock then i worry for you because that you just you come across like a puppet do you know what i mean where you need someone to pull your strings to put you in a good place so you feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside so you can go and win a football game. Where's the competitive spirit? Where's the fire? Where's the pride? Where's the point of pride where you turn and say, I don't want Simon Kaya or whatever his name is to walk out of the stadium and go, I locked up one of the best strikers yeah. the you've ever seen. You knew what they were going to do. That's on his resume. You should, that, should, yeah. that should piss you off. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, listen, we'll see what these guys are going to do, man, because we're going to talk about West Ham in a bit. But yep. I actually want to finish off with a conversation on Conte because obviously he's rumoured to be um, on the... He's rumoured to be on the recovery bed for eight weeks, right? Which will take us deep... Which will take us into, what, like mid-April? At yep. that point, the season is literally like probably three or four weeks away from being finished. Um, we also have his contract situation, right? His contract expires in a couple of months. It's looking like he's not going to sign a new deal. It's looking like um, like he, on performances, probably doesn't justify the club giving him a new deal because I think he's been performing really badly. So it begs the question, like, do Spurs stick or twist with Conte? Because Conte, on top of the physical damage that his body's been through. He's also had emotional damage as well yeah. with with um with Viali passing away um and with um Ventrone passing away as well. And some of the comments he's made have been quite cryptic. He has spoken about maybe taking a break, right? So mm. let's put obviously we can't put performance to the side because performance is a part of this. Do are Spurs better off sticking with Conte or twisting and getting a new manager in between now and the end of the season. Because when you look at it, there's still Champions League second leg to navigate. There's still a strong possibility of getting top four. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Right now, Spurs aren't in my predictions for top four, but that's not to say that they can't get it. We have everything capable to try and chase down a team like Newcastle and United to get top four. And then there's still the FA Cup. we got fifth round tie coming up with Sheffield United away from home. If we win that, we're into the final eight of yet another competition potentially. Mm. So there's still there's still a, a nice amount to play for, but it just doesn't seem like we're going to achieve those goals the way we are currently playing under Conte. If you are Daniel Levy, what do you do in this position? Having weighed up everything I've just told you about the non-footballing aspect and the footballing aspect. What do you do? Um, that's the $15 million question, isn't it? Um, personally, I wait till the 9th of March 
That Why'd you say that too much? That's the day after we play AC Mel in the Van Leg. Um, I want to see reactions from the team in terms of they do have an FA Cup to play for against a relatively easy team. <clears throat> um, you've got Milan coming to your to your place, and regardless of what you feel like, Milan are not necessarily going to be world beaters. They're not going to be the best team in the world in the next four to five games. Mm. I think you give him those four to five games to to settle. He has had an incredibly tough time in terms of emotion, like you mentioned. He's lost two of his friends. And if you remember, I think he was ready to take a break before we even got him in. You know, he'd walked away from yeah. his previous job. Um, and he was more than content to, to stay out of football for at least a year, maybe two years, you know, whatever that, um, depending on what jobs maybe came in. Um, so I think he needs, he does need a break, but I don't necessarily feel like we're in, we're at the point where he needs to go tomorrow. <clears throat> We've got what West Ham. So in between now and the 9th of March, we've got West Ham at home, Chelsea at home, mm-hmm. Sheffield United away in the FA Cup, Wolves away, which is always a weird game for us. Tough game, um, yeah. Um, and then we've got Milan. I don't know what the points total that you need from that. If I'm Daniel Levy, um, but I would give him to at least after that game. Now, if things go completely tits up between now and then, if we, if you lost your next two Premier League games, you might have a conversation, <clears throat> okay? Because you lose those next two Premier League games, it's top four is looking even more remote, potentially. Um, you really want to make sure then that you win the FA Cup game, don't you, to get some sort of momentum. Um, maybe you make the change there. But the thing is, you know, apart from next week, games are coming thick and fast. Yeah, you know, for a few weeks, and and things can turn around so quickly. It, I I feel like yes, I, it would be in my considerations that do I need to get a new manager in? Um, who it would be, not sure, but I would personally give him till at least the ninth. Um, I know <clears throat> some of these comments in you know on the chat, uh, people are saying Conte's got to go. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Mm. Mm. Um, I hear it to be honest. Um, I I hear it. I think you know how much I love him, but bro, I, I, I think as, we, as I a think fan, we... as a fan, I can. As a fan, if he went tomorrow, I wouldn't necessarily. Be, and you know me, I you know Don Conte. I I loved the appointment when he came in, and I thought even if yes, he'll be more pragmatic than you know um, free flowing. I was my, very much a fan of of us taking that decision, even if it was for two years or whatever, in order to really stabilise the club as long as he's backed, get some really good players in and get some players out, which is what being backed means, um, just in case people were confused and think being backed is spending 260 million. Mm. No. <clears throat> okay, so we need to get some 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 players out. Um, I, I wasn't mad about it. I was excited about his signing. But if he was to go now, okay, cool. You know, I, I'd understand it. Um, but from a position of Daniel Levy, I would look like, yeah, um, I'll give him an extra maybe month or, you know, whatever yeah. I said, three, four weeks. I think the, I think the money aspect is is there as well because Conte, Conte I, I personally feel like even though he's ill and he has been going through things, I think even before the, I don't know how long the, the, goal, the, the gallbladder issue was plaguing him, right? But... I felt for a couple of weeks and months now that I think now he's just coasting, right? 
I feel like the perform and it's and it shows in the performances as well. Um, yeah. And I just feel like he's just doing the copy and paste for pretty much any any team that we play, and it's not really doing Spurs any favors. And yeah, when I, yeah. When I think of, so my last point is when I think of how long he's going to be out on the sidelines, I'm just thinking, do Spurs just bite the bullet now because we know he's not staying. So really and truly, yes, you may be at risk of potentially de destabilizing what looks like a potentially harmonious backroom setup, but it just looks so chaotic on the football pitch. It looks so chaotic on the football pitch. And it's like, if this guy's going to be back in mid-April, he's not signing a new contract, that leaves him with what, like three weeks, four weeks left? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's me personally. I would be. I would actually be looking at potential options that that Spurs can bring in now. Genuinely, I would. Interesting. Just relieve yeah. him. Just relieve him of his duties. Um, Get well it's soon. Not it's actually. It's. It's not. It started off really well, in my opinion, last season. Um, and it's just not worked this season. Last year he was excellent. This year he's been really poor. It happens. Um, it's not what we wanted, but. I don't think this by any means diminishes his quality as a manager. Sometimes, sometimes it just Fs up, right? But I just feel like Spurs right now, with the position they're in, we do have a team capable of meeting some of our short-term goals this season. And I don't think we can just let that <clears throat> opportunity waste away. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's fair, it's fair. I wouldn't be mad. Um, and it is a it's a golden opportunity, isn't it? To um, you know, opportunity knocks in that sense for us to go. Ah, oh, health. Oh, you're you're probably not up to it, <laughs> Antonio. Um, and and we can see there has been a regression. We can see his effort levels have dipped. We can see that he is not putting in as much um, impetus, and and it could be just the drain of of, of life itself, and and obviously his illness, and then. You know, coaching the likes of uh, Ben Davies and and Ryan Sessegnon, um <clears throat> must take their toll on any coach. So <laughs> let's see what happens. But yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be I like your point though. On the 9th of March, I feel like I feel like that's fair. You deserve yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I think that's what you'd want to do. You'd want to yeah. you know give him a chance to turn around because you respect him and his stand in the game, whatever. Mm. But if it went tits up between now and then. I wouldn't be against seeing them make a yeah, change early exactly. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, um, let's move on to the final part of the pod, and yeah. I won't. I probably will touch on this for maybe like five minutes or so. But West Ham, we have another. We have our first of two back-to-back -back London derbies at home, man, against two of our bitter, bitter rivals, right? Um. This was a game that we, by all accounts, blew West Ham away in last season. But when you look at our record over the last five years, it's been a game that has definitely tripped Spurs up a lot. Yeah, They're like wolves. They're like a wolves for us. You never know what's going to happen when we play them home or away. Mm. Well, I guess it's going to be our job to try and predict what's going to happen now because West Ham are going into this. No Paqueta. Um, Aguerd potentially might be out. Benson Co obviously out for the for the foreseeable. 
Basuma unavailable, Sessignon unavailable, Loris unavailable. Um, but Romero's back in um, after his suspension. What are you? I know you obviously said that you never know what what to expect, but like, mm -hmm. what are you looking for in this game to try and drive Spurs to victory? Here, are, are we talking about yeah. a tactical switch up? Are you talking about players rising it? Like, what are we looking for here? Because surely there needs to be a response. You know what I'm looking for? A pain-free 20 minutes to start the game. That would be nice. I can't remember the last time. I can't remember the last time I watched the first 20 minutes of a Spurs game and I went, ah, we're doing well here. Oh, we nearly scored a couple of times. Oh, we look like we've got our passing patterns down. Oh, Son remembered to wear his boots. Oh, Lloris wasn't drinking last night. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just, just 20. Please, because I, I know we may not get ninety. We may not get ninety. You know, this I'm, I'm being. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm You're asking for too much. Twenty minutes. You're asking for too much. Yeah, no, maybe. maybe. <laughs> so, so this is for me. Obviously, you know, I got coaching background and whatever. I would say to my team, and I had a similar situation. My team, you know, we do very well in in, in the competitions we're in. Um, it's a schoolboy team, whatever, and we lost a few games, including a cup game to a bitter rival, um, and the team was low. And I literally said to them, yes, we've got this game coming up on Saturday. <clears throat> It'd be nice to have a full 80-minute period um, um, performance. But I understand we haven't had a chance to train. You know, we were playing every two, three days at one point. I said, just give me 25 minutes. See the first 25 minutes out. Don't concede and create chances. Now, if you get a goal, good, fine. But then, as long as you don't concede. So you have a bit of confidence in the match, not before the match, not in the match, we're going, we're okay. <clears throat> we're good. We're all together. We know what we're doing. Things mm -hmm. are clicking a bit. Now let's progress. If we need to go up a gear to get a goal before halftime, then we do that. I think too many times we play the long game. You know, we see it with some of our team selections um, in some of the cup games, early rounds. We play the long game. Oh, over 90, this team should beat the other team. Mm. I feel like where we're at now in such a fragile state, asking Perisic to be a, a, a top level wing back for 90 minutes, we ain't gonna get that. Not gonna happen. Yeah. So you just say first 25, okay, don't let your man go um get you know a certain amount of crosses in, and we need X amount of um <clears throat> deliveries from you. This is your target, right? And that's how I would approach it. First 25, keep it tight. Can we nick a goal? Can we get an early goal? Can we get an early chance? Because we're at home, okay? So you know, if we spent the first 20, 25 minutes with a bit of possession, we've got maybe two or three clear-cut chances, that crowd's going to be rocking. That crowd's going to be pushing you on. And then West Ham, who've got injuries, who, I think, I'm not sure if they, I think they won their last game, but they haven't been doing great this season no, they, drew, they drew to Chelsea. They drew to Chelsea. That's it, yes, it was, they drew. Two draws. Two draws yeah. against Chelsea and yeah. Newcastle. So, they, you know, West Ham, they know, you know, especially when they're playing against us, they're going to be resilient. They're going, they're going to want to, you know, nick something. If you can put them under pressure those first twenty-five minutes, I don't see West Ham having enough to be able to be like, right, we're going to now rise it going into half time. We're going to rise it second mm -hmm. half or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we need to approach those first 20, 25 minutes. Those are key for us, and it'd be nice if I don't have um, to to be drawing for the prayer mat um, in the first twenty minutes. I mean, I've, I think with them, one thing, one point you made that was that was like point um, 
really good is trying to sort of build up a buffer to make it an insurmountable challenge for West Ham, right? When I look at our defence, our defence has been really poor. And West Ham have actually defended better than Spurs. So I'm fully expecting them to come to this ground and make it difficult for us to score, even with or without um, with or without Aguerd, right? But when you look at the goals that they've scored, they've scored like 19 goals. I think they're in like the bottom four or bottom five mm-hmm. for yeah, goals yeah, yeah. scored this season. Right. I think Skamaka potentially still injured. I'm not sure if Ings is going to be fit or not. Um, so they're going to be relying on Mikel Antonio. And obviously they have nostalgic memories of Antonio burning Spurs because he's done it in the past. But I've watched Antonio this season and that guy looks absolutely cooked. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look like he wants it at all. He looks absolutely cooked, right? So I think, like you said, it's in Spurs' best interest to come out of this, yeah come out of this flying, put as much pressure as you can on that defence. Because if we build even a two-goal lead, they're not coming back from that. They simply don't have the goals yeah. to come to, to, to overturn to overturn um, a two-goal or more deficit. They don't have the goals. If we keep the game within reach for them, they will find a way back into it. We need to take the game away from them as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I liken it to a team like Wolves. Because Wolves are very similar. It's very rare that you see Wolves score three, four goals. Yeah. Very rare, see, especially away from home. You don't see them popping teams like we just scored two, three goals at um, <clears throat> at Newcastle at this. At this, you know, they mm. they they're getting draws. They're winning two one, maybe whatever the case may be. Um, so if this is the first to two goals for me, um, the first team to two goals should be able to win it. Um, hopefully that's us. I think it will be us. Um, but it's not because we're that good. I think it's because they're at the moment not that great. Yeah, um, they're in the they're in the relegation. I feel like our home crowd is what's going to pull us through. Hopefully, people on board. Actually, maybe not having um Conte there and and the whole kind of you know he plays a particular style of football. It, it may give them a bit of a boost, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think with the I think with the atmosphere is a good point as well because it was actually quite good against Man City, and um, they sent out emails on obviously. Kane, they're still <laughs> Spurs. No, Spurs really know how to milk um, a moment, don't they? And they are still milking this Harry Kane thing like three weeks later. But fair yeah. enough, it's a it's a it's a pivotal landmark for Kane. Um, but they are um, putting in cards, right? So when the players come out on, on yes, four thirty or whenever it is, um, Harry Kane is going to see like a a montage or whatever. So I feel like in a way, come on. That should G you up. And I need to see you rise it because he he is not afraid to rise it against West Ham at home. He scored so many goals against West Ham. My guy, I'm going to need to see you empty the clip at Fabianski. (laughs) Empty the flipping clip. Yeah, and I I think that's that's part of what, you know, part of what, you know, having two home games should, should do. It should be a case of where you say, right, we've we've had an indifferent run over the past four weeks. Yes, we've got a good result at Man City and, and the game before, but, you know, let's see what happens. You know, it's been indifferent, but you've got 10 days now. 10 days to really just settle in, get the crowd, get the fan base on side, um, get a few goals. It'd be nice to see Kulisevsky get a goal. Um, <clears throat> it'd be nice to see, obviously, Son got a goal. Um be nice if we won six nil, but um, you know, let's let's get the forward line 
into great positions, into you know high quality. I always talk about high percentage chances, not just you know long range shots. No, high percentage chances, yeah. right? Where you're thinking, oh yes, the the advantages in in the attackers and the advantages with the attacker. Let's yeah. see if we can do that, generate those kind of chances. If we can get an early goal, well, that's good. But if we're putting them under pressure for 25 minutes, that crowd is going to be roaring and get them TFOs out, whatever, you know, Harry Kane, one of our own, or 267, whatever it's going to say. Um, <clears throat> and then we go from there and, and then we build into the Chelsea game. Mm. Fair, fair, fair. Well, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a day and I'm going to... Um... Ask for your score prediction before we close. I'm going to give mine first. I'm going for a 2-1 win to Spurs. Um, I feel like we should really be winning this game by more than by more than one goal deficit. But I mean, one goal gap. But I can't really trust this team to put a lot of goals past teams at the moment. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Spurs. What are you going for? Yeah, I, I was thinking 2-1. Um, <clears throat> 2-1 Spurs. I think a set piece and then a goal from open play from one of our wingers. <clears throat> Interesting. Well, listen, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're right that Sun can find his scoring touch because he scored against he scored twice against them last season. Um and uh, I'm hoping Kulisewski can spark back into life. I'm hoping that Stellini and Mason will reward the players who actually put in a really good performance in Milan with a consecutive start even though you're going to have the temptation to play guys who are woefully out of form in Hoybier, but carry a bit more seniority in the team. I'm yeah. really hoping that, I'm really hoping that the, that the guys who who acquitted themselves well will be rewarded with, with a start or, or will feature in at least one of these big upcoming games because that's another Achilles heel for Spurs. The reluctance to drop out of form players just because of the seniority that they have in the current squad. So, anyway, Dave, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, man. I, I really hope you have a good weekend. I'm hoping Spurs don't ruin it for you, and I'm hoping Spurs don't ruin it for me. Um, for those who are still watching or listening, make sure to follow us on all socials. It's New Spurs Order, one word. Do not wear it out, and make sure to follow the main um, Touchline Media handle, which is Touchline Fracas on Instagram. Again, one word on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, just look out for the content, interact with us, let us know your thoughts. But until then, take care, peace out, and up the spurs. Peace. Dave, thank you for that. What a finish for 3 2 from Serge Aurier. First hand gets a shot. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Sports Social Podcast Network.